Who gave me permission to do this? <laughs> oh my god. Sometimes we're gonna laugh and sometimes we're gonna cry. That's just the way it goes. If you're ready to change the narrative, shift your consciousness, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Jackie Minsky Show. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Jackie Minsky Show. I really loved this episode today with a new friend that I am loving getting to know, Kate Volman. And we really discussed one of my personal favorite topics, and it's very important to me personally. As someone who really loves energy, it's important to us understand energy in all aspects of our life, not just in one area. Some people use it for relationship manifestation, some for health, some for business. And in this episode, we dived into business. And I know if you've been listening to the podcast, the last few episodes was about health and about beauty. So it was just time to really dive into business. Now, that's something I had to learn. And really, the importance is if you are an entrepreneur, CEO, it doesn't really matter the position. It's the intention of the money energy, and it is the money energy itself. What is money energy? If I was to ask you right now for your service or your product, and you gave me a price, the price that you are comfortable with is your money energy. So whenever I teach my students how to attract money, it starts with the frequency of their money thermometer. For example, if you say, I'm comfortable with $500 from a client, that's your money energy. And then eventually you want to turn it up and go from 500 to uh, um, 1,000, 1,000 to 2,000, 2,000 to 5,000, 5,000 to 8,000, 8,000 to 10,000, 10,000 to 15, 15 to 20. And that's actually how I was able to grow and I was able to scale when I started playing with money energy. So money energy is really important and anytime you're in business you have to be very mindful, careful, conscious of the money energy in your organization and how other people are playing within the organization. Do they have the vision? Do they have the frequency? Can they see this vision through? And you'll hear me, it's a question I ask Kate is, have you seen where an organization comes together, learns about how to be conscious, how to be mindful, how to be intentional, vulnerable, and really just how do we become a community within our organizations? Because truly, and something profound that Kate said during this interview was, there was a time when she where she when she was younger where her and, and one of her bosses, there was a disconnect and she didn't feel like she could tell him something. And I really think as leaders, especially CEOs of companies, leaders of the companies, it's really your responsibility to check in and get to know people on a personal level and see where they're at in life. See what they need. Are they struggling with something at home? And maybe, you know, you catch them and say, hey, how are you today? How are you feeling today? You know, get to know your company, get to know your organization so people can feel like they want to work for you because you care about them. So it really starts with relationships, relationships, communications. And when we take this and we put it into perspective, into business, into organizations, companies do scale because companies feel like they're working 
work environment is now their community versus a working environment where they come for their paycheck, which is so toxic. And this is why so many people come to work. They come to work at a scarcity because they need that paycheck. They don't want to be there. They don't have any relationships with anyone within the organization, especially maybe not the leader. And then eventually there's a buildup that happens. There's a tension and energy tension and either they quit get fired, something goes wrong, and that is just an energy buildup. We are energy. So anything that's building up inside of us eventually manifests into us losing a job or you know, getting fired, whatever the case is, that is a tension buildup. So if you are someone listening and you are in a position at work or in a work environment where you feel like you're doing this for the paycheck, You have two choices. You either A, have a conscious conversation with your leader, with your boss, and say, look, here is the problem I am facing within this organization, within this company. How can we together fix it, right? And same thing with your leaders. If you are a leader who has an issue, a problem, or something that's building up inside of you, you have to come talk to the people that work with you. Now I say with you because I just don't like the term for you because again, community is everything to me. So this is a really great episode. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Again, guys, if you have not yet, please leave me a rating and a review. And as always, I love you guys. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Jackie Minsky Show. If you are new, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're with me for a while, thank you so much for coming back. I have Kate Volman on the show with me today. She is the CEO of Floyd Consulting. She's the business coach who helps entrepreneurs and organizations become the best version of themselves through training and coaching experiences. Kate is the founder and host of Create for No Reason, which is a podcast for entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, authors, and other creatives. The show really explores your creative process, how you can stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you so much for having me, Jackie. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited because Interestingly enough, we connected on Clubhouse through energy and all these things, and we've been getting to know each other through a creative process in itself. So it's just, I'm very honored to have you here, Kate. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I love that you call it a creative process because it's kind of true, right? Relationships all are, we we have this process and I'm so grateful to know you and you were on my podcast not too long ago. So this is a, a fun little, a fun little mix that we get to do. Like a catch up, <laughs> even though it's been like two weeks. <laughs> so I usually love to dive right into how you got where you are. So I'd love to know how you got your start. Like take me to Kate as a teenager, like what inspired you growing up and how did you choose this career path? How did I choose? Well, it's so, it's an interesting choice of words, right? Choose. I feel like I didn't choose this career path. Like so many people, uh, probably a lot of you listening are like, yeah, I definitely am not where I thought I would be. I, what's funny is a, a, a Last year at some time, I found old journals. I love journaling. So I found old journals and I was flipping through them. And Jackie, I was cracking up because I am still so 
there's still so much of me that's similar. I was writing in my journal about wanting to meet Tony Robbins and being on Oprah. I have a, there was a page that had a picture of me with Oprah, not so subtly glued on, you know, right next to me as if I was meeting her. And so obviously I was reading a lot of those. I was reading Think and Grow Rich. And I was thinking about this law of attraction and all that stuff because I had all this written in these journals. And so thinking or looking back, I was always someone who is very enthusiastic, very engaged with my work, engaged in sports, engaged in a lot of things. And so I feel that the work that I get to do is very much in alignment to who I was even, even back then before I even knew what personal development was or, or I knew that you could be a coach or have this kind of experience. And so um, I definitely think it's interesting when you look back into into your past to kind of see the through lines that you've been able to kind of carry forward into your into your career that you have now. And I love that because it's like when we look back, we could always see how we wound up in situations, right? So looking at everything that you looked at, your old notebooks, your old, you know, visualizations, mood boards, you could call them. Would you say, or do you think that that was a manifestation that you have created, you have manifested this for yourself? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I guess you could really dig into that, right? And, and, and argue either way. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. I mean, it, it it offers that question of are you are you destined to become something? I mean, we do a lot of work. The the work that we do at Floyd Consulting, where we are helping people fulfill their dreams, right? So we always talk about how your dreams are yours for a reason. They're inside of you for a reason. So I look at every one of us. We have this whatever it is that's kind of tugging at our heart that that just calls us that we just feel natural towards. I think that people have this natural tendency to go towards what they really enjoy and love more so when we're younger, right? Like we are young and we just feel like, oh, I want to try out for the play or I want to sing or dance or whatever that is. You just do it because that's just what you do in life. And then we get older and we don't really explore those anymore. So when I think back to my past, it's almost like, is it manifesting or was it really just me being more true to myself and exploring all the things that I find interesting because it was meant for me in whatever shape and form it was going to show up, whether it was running a coaching company or having my own business or whatever those things are. And, uh, but I think being open to those opportunities and open to tapping into your creativity is what will drive you to your next adventure. We'll get into that. We'll get into And I love that so much. There's so much to unpack. But before we do, I want to talk about your consulting company, because from 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 my spiritual woo-woo perspective, you are a manifester helping others manifest. <laughs> That's just how I see it. Right. So talk <laughs> me through the process. Like someone comes to you with an idea, a company, and then what is it that you or your company, what do you guys do? So we we do a number of different things. We work with a lot of CEOs and executives on just more business coaching. Uh, obviously, a lot of the CEOs, if you have your own business, you can understand that it's challenging. There's always, there's not always someone that you feel like you can confide in. 
right? And if you have team members, you don't always want to go to them with everything. So we work with a lot of CEOs and businesses to just help them um, really just kind of be that person that holds them accountable to doing the things that they really need to do in order to grow their business. Um, on the on the more life coaching side of it, we have a dream manager program um, that was founded by Matthew Kelly. So Matthew Kelly wrote the dream manager. And uh, from that book, he had created this curriculum where he basically, we when we talk to, talk to people, the first thing we do is figure out, hey, what are your dreams? What are the dreams you have for your life? And Jackie, you see this because you're a coach. People have stopped dreaming, right? Like people have stopped dreaming. And so we create, we help them create a list of a hundred dreams. And when we say a hundred people are like a hundred dreams, that is way too many dreams. I don't have a hundred dreams, but when you break it down and you think about what are your dreams that you have, those physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, creative, psychological, if you have all of these different dreams in different categories, places you want to go, things you want to do, people you want to meet, and we help them uncover what is one dream that you really want to focus on out of all this list, what are the one to two that you really want to focus on? And then we work with them month after month on this, that we have this curriculum that guides them through this process of really not only helping them fulfill that dream, but also helping them uncover who they really are and what has they, what they've lost along the way in life, because you know, life is messy and it gets in the way and all of these things happen. And so what is stopping you from really becoming the person that you really want to be? And so we walk them through all of those things throughout the year. And the transformation is unbelievable. Just this idea that if you just put a little bit of time and attention on not only identifying your dreams, but then someone's holding you accountable, someone's helping you, someone's guiding you and encouraging you and the lives are changed right? Like it sounds so cliche, but it's true. And it's, it's a beautiful process. And I, and I love that so much. You know me, I'm like sitting in my seat, like jumping, (laughs) you know, people stop dreaming. Like it's so true. People stop dreaming. So, and I know you and I do kind of similar stuff. I do it more on a, you know, like you do it B2B. I kind of do it with individuals, but my question is, what are some of the challenges or, you know, what do you see the most in people? Like, what are their fears? What's stopping them before they even get to you? Like, what are some of the biggest challenges you've seen with people? So some of the biggest challenges, the first thing that popped into my mind, you're in energy. So I'm like, I'm going to go with the first thing that popped into my mind was uh, belief. Mm. I think a lot of people don't, believe that they can achieve their dreams. They've just kind of figured, oh, I, I, it's too late. I'm too old. It doesn't, there's no way that it can happen. I don't have enough money. I don't have time. All of these things, we make these excuses. And that's the first thing we have to actually believe that we can do whatever it is that we want to. Otherwise, nothing that we do is going to really be in alignment Mm. to, to helping push that dream forward alignment, right? So, and I know right before you and I started recording, we were talking about the power of words, right? So when people and anyone listening, if, if, if you don't believe in yourself and you say this out loud, like it's one thing to think about it, but when you give it life, like when you, this is what it means to speak it into existence. When you speak that into existence and say, I can't do that. I'm too old for this. I don't have enough money. 
and, and you and I were talking about this right before, it's like a spider weaving a web and that's preventing you because you have weaved yourself into this reality. So what is some of the steps you'd like to take with those clients when they come to you and they give you all these reasons or all these excuses, which, you know, either or what are some steps that you take to bring them back into believing in themselves? What I think is so fun about coaching is people overcomplicate right? We love to overcomplicate. We just love it. It's, we just glamorize complexity and we kind of devalue simplicity. But when you're talking one-on-one with someone, one of the things that I feel that coaches do is we help people figure out the next right step. What's the one little baby step that you can take today? Because we talk ourselves out of our dreams because we think, I'll just say, write a book, write it. I'm writing a book now. It's one of my dreams. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. And I definitely, like a lot of us, procrastinate, overthink, you know, all of those things. And when I think, oh, I have to sit down and write a book, that's not very empowering. That's scary. And I can't do that. And that's hard. And then I don't do anything. But if I can say, I'm going to sit down and write 150 words every single day, that is manageable. I can do that. And so when we, when we, when our clients talk about, and what's so interesting too is dreams. I think some people think dreams have to be, I want a private jet and I need to live on the beach. And, and that's beautiful. And if those are your dreams, amazing and go after them. But your dreams are also, I want to have a better relationship with my kids. I want to have a date night every every month with my husband. It is, it could be the small thing. It's, I want to lose weight. In fact, the top three dreams that are achieved in, in the clients that we work with, and we work with a lot of bigger uh, corporations. We work with individuals and corporations, but the companies we work with, they have a lot of employees. And so the the, the team members are going through this. And the, the top three dreams that are achieved is um, one, get out of debt. How awesome is that? There's so many people in debt today. Um, and uh, and become more financially free to lose weight and three, buy a home or buy a second home or whatever that is. And so those are beautiful dreams to have. And so when you think about if you're in debt, think about if you have, you know, $20,000 in debt, that seems that's a big burden. That's a lot. But if you can say, oh, I'm going to decide how am I going to put 100 away here or 200 away there, and then you start to see those results. And so I think it really just comes down to helping people unpack what seems overwhelming and make it really simple for them so that they're empowered. When you're empowered, you're going to figure out how what you can do next. You're going to be excited to work on your goal instead of kind of shy away from it because you're scared to do it. And then it's the same thing with all of those other uh, fears that kind of come up that block people that overthink that perfectionism, that feeling like I'm not worthy. That That's a big one that shows up and people don't even realize that they believe that, but they do in their actions that they take that, that feeling of unworthiness. Like they don't feel worthy of getting that promotion or worthy of buying the home of their dreams because maybe they should be spending their money on something else or whatever. Now I'm curious, cause I've never done this on a 
you know, a B2B level. So, and I'm reading Conscious Business by Fred Kaufman. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that book. Are you? No, but I think you mentioned that. Didn't you mention that to me before? I have to read it because it's so aligned with the work. And my question is, when you go into these companies and you have X amount of employees doing the work, does the business scale and grow once the people in the business are kind of, you know, stepping into their power? Does Do you see results in the company? Um, so many sales. Okay. Like I, I just would love to sit, to see it on like a, on like a, from like a, a grand perspective. Yeah. Great question. And I get so excited about this stuff because a hundred percent, absolutely. So our whole philosophy at Floyd is your people can only, your company can only become the best version of itself to the extent that your people are becoming better versions of themselves bottom line, right? Like your people are driving the company. And so people, most people are not engaged in their life. They're not engaged. They're not dreaming. They're not going after their dreams. So how can we expect them to come into the company and be productive and engaged and engaged and excited to fulfill a mission for the company if we're not even fulfilling the mission of our own lives? And so when people start dreaming again, they get so much more engaged in their own life which means they show up so much differently at the company because they have a different perspective and they have a different appreciation to their leader. Cause they're like, wow, my leader cares about me because this is helping me become a better person. This isn't like a bottom line. Hey, I just am doing this to make more money at the company. This is like, I want to help you get better. And this is what coach, this is why coaching is so, is so critical at organizations because Coaching is helping people as a whole get better. You have to get better. You can't just get better at business. You're you're teaching people skills to become a better human being, to become better in a lot of different areas, which only makes you better in whatever it is that you are doing. And then also puts you in a position to do better when you when you're able to, you know, get that promotion or step up and take that different role or whatever it is. So we've seen a lot of success. I mean, companies will tell us. I mean, we don't always get like line by line, but companies tell us that, yes, their revenue has increased, their engagement has increased, their retention has increased, and companies want to go work for organizations when they know they care about their people. Yeah. And they attract great talent. I love that so much because it's very aligned with, you know, I started working with Ryan Blair and he has his company Alter Call and that's similar work, you know, how can we, and this is why we're reading the book, you know, within the company. I think you're going to love it. So read it. It's, it's exactly this work. You're going to love it, but it's so important for anyone listening, whether you're a new entrepreneur or a CEO of a company as an entrepreneur who's starting, I want you, when you have that vision to think about you know, the future vision as well. Like one day you will become CEO. Don't be the CEO that micromanages and makes it feel like work, like care about the people because the awakening that I always talk about like crazy, the woo-woo-ness is really how can we all come together? Like we, we know that money's an energy. We know that we need to make money to live in this material world. But in the meantime, how can we support each other and our dreams, whether they're 
getting a house or getting a jet, whatever it is, how can we support each other on the journey, especially as leaders? Like if you're in a leader position and you're just coming to work and just giving someone a paycheck and they go home sad or depressed, then they're bringing that energy to your workplace. And believe it or not, you know me and energy, energy is very contagious. So they can get on a sales call that day. They may not close that sale because energetically they just weren't even present with the work they were doing. And now the person on the other end of the phone felt like, okay, I don't want to be on the phone with this, this weird sales call. Right. So that's how the system really works. So I love that so, so much that the revenue starts to grow. So are there any like stories that pop up in your mind that were a really big shift or turnaround? Um, so there's a couple, I mean, there's a couple, one, one that stands out. Well, there's, there's a couple, one, um, one of our, one of our clients reached out to me and there was a senior level leader at her organization and they had implemented the dream manager into the company. And a couple months later, this woman came uh, to our client and said, you know, I just want to let you know, I almost took a diff- another role. I almost left to go take a, a role at a different company but the fact, but, th- but you implemented this coaching program and now I have a coach. And she said that made so much of a difference in my life. And it also proved to me that you guys really care about us. And so she ended up staying at the company. This would have been a role. It was a very senior level role. It would have cost, you know, it could cost a hundred thousand dollars to, you know, to fill roles that are in that, that level. And so that made a really, really big impact. Um, and, one of, uh, I will never forget, because what happens is a lot of times the the dream managers, when they come get certified to be a dream manager, they re- they recognize, oh, I'm doing this for my company, but I get so much out of it. So there was this one woman and it was so sweet. She wrote in and said, I... I am, I've, I'm achieving so much more than I thought I would. And I'm learning the kind of person I always wanted to be. And you know what? I really love her. Oh my goodness. I mean, I got goosebumps when she said, I was like, I couldn't believe it. And then, you know, it's just, you hear story after story of like, of CEOs calling us saying, I can't believe this. Like the, the quote unquote water cooler talk is like about, Oh, John, you look great. He's like, Oh yeah. Cause I lost 10 pounds and they're talking about their dreams and just this culture of no more. I mean, obviously not no more, but cause that's whatever, but it's like no more like gossip is decreasing. People are excited to come to work again. They're more engaged. They're talking about mission. They're talking about vision. They're talking about things in a very different, the language is different. You know, we were just talking about that, right. With the, with the words. So just the, the idea that it can start to shift the culture in your company in such a short amount of time. One CEO called and said, it's only been three months. I am floored at what I've seen in three months. And so It's just proof that obviously it's, again, it goes back to simplicity, right? Like if all you did, if you're listening and you, 
whether you run a company or not, people in your life, your friends, your families, your colleagues, your whatever, ask them, what's your dream? What are your dreams? Just ask that question and and start to see this shift. If you want to see someone get excited and engaged, ask them that question. I love that so much. So for anyone listening, what or how can someone be a dream manager? Because I heard you say that and I was like, I want to get into that. Because So how does someone qualify to be a dream manager? Let's say there's someone listening. They're like, yes, I want to uplift. I want to, you know, I want to contact. I want to be a part of this mission. So what qualifies or how do you guys select dream managers to then go out into the world, into the businesses to, you know, coach the companies? Yeah. So we have a a dream manager certification program. And so if you have a heart to serve people, if you are a coach or you want to be a coach and maybe that's, and, and you don't really want to put together your own curriculum. You just know that you love people and coaching people and helping people become the best version of themselves. We do a certification, uh, quarterly once, a, uh, yeah, every once a quarter. And, um, we walk you through the whole process of, if you work for an organization, we teach you how to roll it out in the organization. Or if you are a coach and you're just doing it with your clients, we teach you how to, to work with your clients. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a process. It's a two day, it's a two day training and you go out into the world and you are ready and equipped to be an incredible dream manager to help people fulfill their dreams. You know what I love the most about this is that this was someone's dream before it became the company. Like, And that's what I love the most about all this energy and all this manifestation and these thoughts become things. It's really how powerful our minds, our thoughts, everything is. But I love that you talk about the simplicity of it, because if someone imagines this grand dream, whether it's debt, a relationship, a company, and they don't know how to break it up into steps right? Like Will Smith always says this beautiful story. You know, when you think about building a house, you don't think about, oh my God, the whole house. You built it brick by brick and you lay each brick down perfectly. And, you know, eventually you get a house. So I love the fact that this company, before you went out and decided to, you know, create it, it was someone's dream. So, do you, so I'm curious, the people, now we did the business to business, but now individuals, right? Would you say you have more business to business or do you guys have more individuals or is it kind of even in terms of clients? It's more, we definitely work with more businesses. Uh, the businesses get someone certified or we're coaching. Like I said, we coach a lot of CEOs. We coach a lot of managers and leaders um, at, at companies and then we do we do one-on-one coaching uh life coaching as well uh but yeah most of the work that we do is is working with leaders at companies which is what man i just have such a heart for it because i just believe i believe that there are really incredible companies and leaders who need great people So it breaks my heart when I hear about, you know, like the great resignation and people wanting to leave their jobs and everything, because I feel like there are still really wonderful leaders to work with. And I love that we attract those kind of individuals that are out there searching for programs to help their people get better. 
because they know that if their people get better, the company will grow, they will get better and they get to do it together. And so I feel really blessed to be in a role that I get to help support those leaders that are making a really big impact. I mean, you're making a huge impact in someone's life when you're coaching them. I mean, you know, Jackie, this is what you do. I mean, you're, you're, you're helping them not only with that belief, but you're teaching them so much. And, and one thing that I recognize, and I, and I talk to my team about this all the time, because I have to remind myself often is because we're in the personal development space, and Jackie, you, you know, we, I, I have friends like you who are constantly growing and learning and reading and discovering. And we, you know, we don't, not that we don't have challenges. We all have challenges, but I forget that not everyone like lives, eats and breathes personal development, lives, eats and breathes, you know, helping people with their dreams. So when we're, when we're talking to companies, I forget how some people are just struggling so much. They're just in this place of, of almost giving up. They're in this place where they just feel like they don't even know what to do or where to go. They feel hopeless. And so this idea that it can be so easy, not easy, but it, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, you ask that question of what's your dream and, and to give, to get them on the path that the future is bigger than your past that's what we always tell people, right? Like if you're the difference between people who are engaged in their life or disengaged is if you're engaged in your life, you believe that the future is bigger than your past and that you can affect that bigger future. And so I forget sometimes when we, when I'm talking to someone who clearly doesn't believe that, and when we can hold their hand and take them onto the journey and help paint that picture like you were saying, help them see the house, but like, we're going to give you the bricks to, to create that house. That is a beautiful thing. And so, uh, so working with organizations and helping them become better leaders so that they can uplift their people. So they can teach them how to be great leaders, no matter where they are in the role. It's, it's a blessing and it's, uh, and it's really fun. So I'm going to ask you a, a different question because, you know, I know alignment and energy is big in this space, in this, you know, this kind of work. And I'm curious, has there been a time or an experience or a company or a person that you've done all the work, you came in with the dream manager and somebody either left a company because even they either A, noticed they had a bigger dream or B, they just weren't in alignment with the company because sometimes these realizations do happen and you just realize you were there just for the paycheck and you weren't in alignment. So have you seen that situation happen? Yeah. And you know, what's so cool. And this is what I love. And this doesn't always happen, but leaders understand and know that not everybody is supposed to be there forever. And so We've actually had leaders discover that there was a misalignment. And so they helped them figure out what would be a good next step for you. What would be a good new role for you? In fact, there was one that actually helped get them another job at a different company in a different role. And so what's beautiful about that is how awesome is it 
not only for the person, but for the company, because this person's not going to do their best work. So we don't want them like we want to be able to transition them out. And it can be done in a really respectful, loving, caring way instead of, oh, my gosh, this person is, you know, hiding behind the fact they're in disalignment and now they're searching for a role and now they leave and now I don't know what to do. I have to scramble to find someone. Instead, you create a plan with the leader and so it works out for both parties. And so, yeah, that does happen. And and one of the things that, you know, leaders will sometimes say is, well, if I, what if, what if they leave? Well, I'm helping coach them. Like I'm spending, I'm, I'm spending this money on a program, but what if they leave? And the response to that is, well, while they're working there, don't you want them to be as engaged as you as they possibly can and help them do their best work while they're there, even if they're only there for six months or a year? Yeah, of course you do. Like you don't want somebody staying there and not leaving if they're not fulfilling the role and if they're not the best employee that can, that they can be in that role. Yeah, because it's the energy. Now I'm curious, are there signs that you've noticed that someone is not in alignment or not in it for the long term? Like what are some maybe signs that maybe a CEO or an entrepreneur maybe listening can be like, maybe I'm not aligned or the CEO listening could be like, maybe that person's not aligned. Like what are some signs that there's not an alignment within the person and the company? I think this is, this goes back to, I mean, there's a lot of kind of roots to the issues, right? And I think this goes back to, as a leader, your number one role is to grow your people. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? That means that you're coaching, like you, you're you constantly coaching, right? Like if you're a leader, you should be coaching constantly and you should be having constant conversations with people. And I think if, if you're doing your job right, you pick up on that stuff, right? Like you pick up on oh, I've noticed that Jackie is coming in and she's just not as excitable. Or maybe she's coming into meetings when she used to be the first one to answer all these questions and she was always taking notes and now she kind of just sits back and doesn't really participate. I think we start to notice those things because as human beings, it's hard for us to fake true alignment. And if we start to, it's the same thing in relationships, right? We all notice if our significant other is a little off like what's going on there? Something's happening. They're a little upset with us and maybe they aren't telling us. It's the same thing with your team members. I think great leaders, they really get to know their people. They start to recognize things about them, uh, the way that they communicate. Maybe they start making, maybe they just start making mistakes that normally they wouldn't. And that's kind of a sign. Um, but this is why I think it's so important to have a really healthy culture where you feel or you create a culture where people feel like they can have those open conversations that you could, they, they feel that they can come to their leader and, and tell them, you know, I'm upset about something or, or that's your responsibility to, as a leader say, Hey, you've been a little off. Are you okay? And you know what? Sometimes it's cause it's not an alignment. Other times it's because, oh my gosh, yeah, I am not okay because my husband just lost his job and my kid is sick and I don't know what to do about daycare and all these things are happening in their life. And what opens up is a dialogue that then you can have with that employee or that team member and say, you know, how can I best support you through this during this time? You know, I mean, what's so crazy is, is people are, 
we need to treat people like people. Like that's the bottom line. Like I get that we're in business and we need to make money and all those things, but like people, we're human beings. Like even when you have to have difficult conversations with people, even when you have to let someone go, like we can do it in a respectful way. Yeah. And I want to, I want to touch up on that. I'm going to be vulnerable. Um, so I, I previously worked with a company. I won't say any names. I just worked with a company and there was a lot of, it's funny. Cause that's the email that you somehow magically got and talk about. Oh, geez. <laughs> like energy and like the universe, like wanting this conversation to come up. Yeah, so, um, right. There was a lot of, you know, and the company's great. It's a beautiful company. It's aligned with them. But for me, it just wasn't in alignment. And I struggled so hard to be honest because single mom needed a paycheck, right? So, and what happened, and anyone listening, this is so powerful. What happened was when I, and I remember there was a Zoom call with the company. Um, I don't remember how many people on it, maybe more than five. And we're going through our our goals, our values, and everyone's agreeing with our founder. And it's just not sitting with me. And, and it gets to me. And I said, I don't, I don't think this makes sense for me. Like I said it in a zoom call in front of every other person that was on the team. And I was scared, of course, but for the first time in my life, I felt brave because here I am telling the founder, this doesn't work for me. And, you know, we had a friendship also, and he was kind enough to, you know, get on the phone with me after and say, well, what will work for you? You know, he did. I can't say he didn't. And we tried that approach, but the alignment just wasn't there. So we parted. But when we parted, I, because I was brave and the energy in the universe and God's source probably felt that I fell into alignment with the company I'm with now. Right. So when, or if you are someone listening and you feel that like, I am not in alignment. And we know what that feels like, right? Like you feel anxiety, you feel pressure. You don't want to do your job is I think the number one thing. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to do the work. You're just there for money because that's scarcity energy, right? And if you're listening, understand when you're brave enough to separate yourself from that experience because it's an experience and you speak your truth, you ultimately will have your dream job, right? And it's interesting because, you you know, you talk about create for no reason. And when we're living and creating our life for no reason, everything starts to just align. So, and then just to ask you another question, because I'm big on energy, what did you start to feel? Because I know what alignment feels like, but I'd like to hear it from you. When you realized that you were creating such change with these, these companies and these entrepreneurs, what did that alignment feel like for you when you realize like, wow, I'm doing this? I think it's that, I think it's when you get into that state of flow, you know, when you just feel like I, Right when you said you don't want to come to work, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's a horrible feeling. Like no one wants to feel that way. And I always feel that I feel so in alignment with the work that I do that even when things are challenging, I'm not saying every I'm always just like nothing ever bothers me. Like even when I'm having like a rough day, the work that I get to do, like it just feels 
right. Like it feels like I want it. Like what else can I do? Who else can I serve? Who else can I impact? Like I'm constantly in that feeling of how can I reach more people? How can we get the message out to more people? How can we get the hand? How can we get the books in more hands and, and reach out to more and more leaders? So like, I'm always in that mindset of, all right, more, like I want more people. Like we, I want to want to help more people. And so just being in that state, like I, my, like, fortunately the roles that I've had always, whether it's a role I've had, or I've had my own business, like I've done my, like I've been in all the different places and I feel so, I just feel I'm someone who enjoys work. I enjoy work. It needs to be in alignment with, with who I am because it's so much a part of me because I just enjoy it so much. I've never had this feeling of, oh, I don't want to work. <laughs> so I don't even know what that feels like for people. Sometimes I wish I knew how it felt because like, it's just not who I am. So this is, this is great. Cause this brings me to another question. I love the flow that we're having, by the way. So talk about roles. Like, have you ever witnessed this? Like, have you witnessed someone they're aligned with the company, but they're maybe just in the wrong role in the company. So if so, have you seen that happen? And if not, how does someone figure out what kind of role they belong in? Yeah, I think that's that goes back. I mean, these are all such normal c- corporate challenges, right? I mean, there's there's so much there's so many so much literature that talks about experiences like this, and I think for sure people can definitely be in the wrong role and to your point of going back to alignment, I don't think people, I don't think most people would call it alignment, but that's what they're feeling, right? They're, they're, they're almost like when you look at, when you look at a particular person, like I sometimes, uh, we reference kind of like a quadrant, like a quadrant of four. And we want people to be able to do the work and be part of the culture, right? They're a good cultural fit and they can do the work. And if you, if you picture kind of like a box and then you put a, a horizontal line down the middle and then you draw a line across. So it's like a four quadrants and in the right quadrant, it's all red. And that means that person is totally, they're a cultural fit. They're important part of the mission, vision, values, all the things. And they do really, really great work. And then you have people that are in this other box and they are really, really good at what they do, horrible cultural fit, right? Like on the left side, they're just like, they're just not a good cultural fit, but maybe they're like the rainmaker of the company. So like the CEO doesn't want to let them go because they're like bringing in all the money. Mm -hmm. And so you keep that person. Then on the bottom right, you have someone who is, they are such a good cultural fit. They believe in the values, mission, vision. They so are on point with the with everything in the company, but like they don't do the best work. Like maybe they're in the wrong role. And then you have people on the left bottom and those people, they're not a good cultural fit and they don't do great work. Why we keep those people, I don't know, but believe me, they some people keep them. And when I think about who you're describing, it's that person in the lower right quadrant, that person that is in alignment with the company, but maybe they're in a wrong role. So we can do two things. We can, one, we can try to coach them up in the role that they're in to get better at that role, 
Or we can decide, hey, this person might be a better fit in this particular role. In fact, what's so awesome is we have someone who she's in HR. A lot of HR people become certified as a dream manager. She gets certified and she really likes her role, but she's just been doing it for so long that she kind of feels like maybe it's time to move on and do something else. So she became a dream manager. So what they're doing is they're shifting her role. They took so much of her role off her plate. They hired another person in the HR department. And now most of her role is as a dream manager, like almost full time, because that was a really great next step for her. And so I think when we're looking at our teams, we want to keep, you know, we can teach skills. We can teach a lot of skills, not all, but we can teach a lot of skills. You can't teach commitment drive, dedication, passion, engagement. Those are things that just people, they have. When you when you have a good team player, you don't want to let that person go if, if you can, right? Like if there, is, if there is a role for them. And how does someone have that conversation, whether from the CEO perspective or an entrepreneur speaking to the CEO? Like what is the way to go about that if you're feeling that way? Like if you're a CEO and you feel like, that person's not in their role or um, an entrepreneur within a company. How, how, do, how do those conversations or how would you recommend those conversations happen? So I did this video last year called how to have difficult conversations. And it's funny because the whole first half of the video, I'm talking about how the con- the difficult conversation you have to set up that conversation by having lots of conversations all the time because the more open that we are with our team members the less difficult these hard conversations are if we're not bringing up co- if we're not having coaching conversations pulling someone in saying hey this report that you did or hey this presentation let's let's talk about this presentation and what you thought went well and what and what you think can be improved and if we're not kind of having those conversations so that the person that you're talking to feels like oh yeah these are just normal conversations that I have with my leader like it doesn't it's it doesn't it's not so harsh right it's not like you're getting in trouble it's not like you someone's scolding you you're just kind of used to having conversations that could be difficult, but the more that you have them, they're not. And so that's why leaders should be coaching all the time. We should be, we should be constantly talking to our team, recognizing them when they're doing great work, recognizing when maybe there's a place that they need a little bit of improvement and what does that look like and how to kind of help them through those things. So that when you have to have a conversation, you know, you're not coming, you're not blindsiding someone saying, Hey, this isn't a good fit for you. And that person's like, wait a second, I've been here for a year and you haven't said anything about this not being a good fit for me. That person should, you know, we everyone deserves to know where they stand in your eyes and in the eyes of the organization. They should also know what winning looks like. We should all know if we're doing a good job or not. And so when we have those, when the leader sets those clear expectations, when they're talked about often, when you're coaching that person, by the time you have a conversation of, hey, Jackie, what are you feeling about the, the role? Do you think this is a good fit? You're not like freaking out. You're like, I knew this was coming because yeah, I, I don't. And I think energetically, both parties knew it was co- like, that's the thing. Correct. Both 
parties always. So that's where the energy always comes in. Like whether it's a relationship romantically or business, like that's the energy we speak of. And if, when we bring it into business, it's more powerful because now we're consciously making these decisions and we're not like, Oh, that was a surprise. Cause it wasn't, you weren't in alignment. Right. So, and, and that's super, super powerful. And I want to also say that if someone who, you know, how, how, okay. So now we know that there's someone, how does it feel to be in alignment? Right. But maybe there's someone listening right now that they have that hard conversation and, oh, sorry. Um, they have that hard conversation. And then the, the most important thing that I love that you said was there are companies that are helping make that transition, right? Like how many companies like that even exist? Like I've, I've honestly speaking, I've never heard of that before. So for me, I'm actually surprised, but I think it's a beautiful thing, but how does that, do you see that more often now that they're honest with each other? Or do you see them like, like, I'm, I'm, I guess my question is, do you see people working it out and staying with the company or the more people get into honesty, you see more people parting with companies? I think this, this goes back to, you know, it's so funny. I always, who's, I, I always say, I always say everything is an iceberg. Everything is an iceberg. Like questions are icebergs too, because it's like, there's so much more that, that, that is to the question because when you, when, when, when we're looking at companies, you know, Matthew Kelly, he wrote the book, The Culture Solution, and he shares the six principles of a dynamic culture. And principle number four is hire with rigorous discipline. And when we hire with rigorous discipline and we we don't just hire to hire, we don't just hire to fill a seat, which can be really challenging, especially today and especially in certain industries. But when we're really clear on what we want this person to do, what the role is. And like I said, what winning looks like for this person, when we're really clear on those things and we hire the right people, then those conversations happen less and less, right? Like if we're really hiring for the, for the role, if we're hiring culturally, if we're really hiring good fits. And then I think when organizations have a great culture and they have this very uh, open dialogue and communication with, with the leadership, I think What's awesome is that you start to recognize that you have to have a dialogue with someone because what you think of in your head, like what do most of us think? We think like, I remember years ago, I was thinking about, I was thinking about leaving my role and I loved my role, but I was thinking about leaving it. And I didn't want to tell my boss because what if I decided not to take it? In my mind, I'm thinking, is he going to fire me? Because now he thinks that I want to leave and go somewhere else. Or, you know, I just, I ran through all the different scenarios myself when really what I could have done. Now, this is in my 20s. I was not as mature as I am now. But I like, I remember thinking like, how would that conversation have looked if I went to him and said, hey, 
this is what's going on. I really enjoy my role. I feel like I need to be challenged a little bit more. This is what's going on. I am thinking about, like, I have been, I want to be honest with you. I have been looking, I don't want to leave, but also this is kind of what I want. How would that conversation have looked? In my mind, it looked, oh, he's firing me that day. That would not have happened. Now that I have experienced, that would never have happened. But I think a lot of us, we just think in our mind what what things would look like. And so I think we have to go into organizations. And I'm not saying, I mean, obviously this is like in a perfect world, right? This is a beautiful world where like you're dealing with like CEOs and leaders that like care about their people. This isn't everybody. But when you work for that type of organization and you see that kind of dialogue happen and, and we see it, like we see it in the trainings, we see it in the companies that we work with. I mean, again, it, it gives me so much hope for companies and leaders because I get to see these kinds of leaders that have those conversations with their team members. You know, it's interesting you say that because I do it on a smaller scale with people. And um, even recently I had someone ask me like, how do I help my, my child unlearn, you know, the trauma, you know, in the relationship. And I said this, I said, you have to have a vulnerable conversation with your child and sit your child down and say, you know, mommy or, or daddy, you know, was scared or, you know, you know, going through a rough time, you know, even your children, you know, even your children, you have to have these vulnerable conversations with, because if you, and think about manifestation and energy, I'm going to spin it, of course, in that direction. If you walk around and you put on a brave face, but something's bothering you inside, you know, especially with your children, right? Then your child grows up and they're not going to want to talk about their problems because you never had a heart to heart with them as a person. So it's the same thing in your working environment. If you're walking around and feeling you're not in alignment, but you're not able to come to your boss, right? Or especially as a leader, if you as a leader cannot come to the people working with you, and I hate saying for you, right? Because it's a movement, right? So if you as a leader cannot speak to your people, how do you expect them to speak to you? So I love it's, you know, vulnerable communication. And you know, I said this earlier on my Instagram story, I talk about like a container, like if we think about what a container is, whether it's a romantic container, or a business container, a container is what are we setting the what is the energy? What is the intention we're setting here? And how does everybody in this container hold this container together? Right? So I think that's super, super powerful. So I know you love, you know, create for no reason. So with everything you know, we discussed today, I'm just curious, like, what is creating for no reason mean to you? And how did you come up with that? So create for no reason. Uh, my, my friend, Sean and I, we could talk about the creative process all day, just for hours and hours. And I love talking about writing and poetry and just the creative process and everything. I love studying comedians because I think it's so fascinating how they have to get up on stage night after night, even if they're no one's laughing at their jokes and they just have to kind of perfect their craft. And this idea that so many people, they have these creative pursuits. They have these, I want to, I want to dance or sing or play the piano or learn a, a, a language or paint or whatever it is, but we don't do it. Like we don't pursue our creativity. We don't just do things for the fun of it. And so it was this idea of 
if you created for no reason, if you just play, if you went and took piano lessons or dance lessons or a cooking class or something that you just, that just gets you excited just for the fun of it, not because you're going to go make money, not because you're going to become TikTok famous, not because you're going to make a business out of it. Like none of those things, like simply because it brings joy to your life. That's it. Like that's the point. And what's cool. And what I love about the name of the show is create for no reason, but like Obviously, there's a reason. The reason is it brings you joy. That is the only reason that you need. And when you do that, and when you step into your creative pursuits, and when you start to do that, you live a happier, more fulfilling, creative life. And you start to attract the things that you really want because you're just living again. We'll go back to alignment. You're living in alignment to what it is that you really want, to the things that really attract you. And so we started. And, and you know, what's so funny is I started the show with my friend, Sean, and about 40 some episodes in, he decided to not do it um, anymore, which is totally fine. And we're still great friends. And I thought, oh, this is so interesting because just like you talked about relationships being a process, it's like, this is the perfect example of the creative process. Like we created this together and now I'm on my own doing it. And it's like, I have to turn it into something else and it looks a little different. It feels different. And so now I'm in this phase of, oh, I want it to kind of go in a different direction. And so I'm changing up the the format of the show a little bit now and I'm having so much fun figuring it out. But if I never started it and I didn't have, you know, 50 some episodes under my belt, I would not even be thinking about it. So it this is what I love about the creative process is like this idea of like, you're starting to do things, you put it out. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be for a reason. Like it's simply just because it, you find it interesting. Like, don't you feel like people don't do things just because they find it interesting anymore? It's like, we always feel like we have, there has to be some big meaning behind it. Well, well, for me, and I, I, yes, and for me, it's frequency, right? So for me, it's like when you're living or creating for no reason, your frequency's high for no reason. And when your yeah. frequency's high, you're a magnet for the, the things in which you want for no reason, right? But I also wanted to add, it's interesting how the greater, higher power God source universe works. I always say this. It's interesting how if not for your podcast partner, Maybe you would have been too shy or maybe you would have never thought of the podcast. That greater power was like, Kate can do a podcast. Let's start her off like this and then we'll spin it like that. Right. And it's like, you know, so that's that in itself is still alignment. Like it's like it, the greater power still knew like these are the steps to take. And when we are in alignment and when we are taking those steps, it unfolds for us. Right. For example, when I started my podcast, I didn't know how to do sound. I didn't know how to, you know, I had to self-teach myself things. Those things led me to branding that led me to marketing. Now I'm in branding, marketing and PR, like the greater overseeing power knew like she needs to start a podcast because in a few years from now, that's the company, the business she's going to be in. So And it starts with that joy and it starts with creating for no reason. Like I created my podcast for no reason. Yeah. I, I just created it because I wanted to help others. I just, and I, and of course I, and I told you on your podcast, I started it in my sister's bathroom and I was like, even if one person just heard my voice, 
I would have helped someone for no reason. Like I didn't have a reason to do it at the time. So I love that. That is so powerful. So Kate, what would you, I know you said that now, you know, your, yourself now would tell your younger self, like have these vulnerable conversations with your CEO or with your boss or, you know, anyone you're working with, but knowing what you know now, what would Kate now tell younger Kate in, in general, just about life? I would, I would tell her to believe in your ideas and don't let someone talk you out of pursuing your dreams. And the reason that I say that is because as you're, as you were saying, kind of the universe and what it does, like this wasn't my first podcast. I had done one a long time ago, way back in like 2008, before it was like a thing. I also started doing some other things that people that, that were, I did some videos and I started kind of putting out content again, this is way back when, before it was a thing. And I had so many people try to talk me out of, out of it. And I think that so it's so easy to just let a dream die inside of you because you've let somebody else say that'll never work. Why are you doing that? That's a stupid idea. And we listen to people that quite honestly, aren't even pursuing their own dreams. And so believe in your ideas and just trust the process. Just like always, always just move forward with I, I, I even say like, trust your gut, but it really is this, is, is this trust your gut, right? It's like the things that I was interested in back then, I was interested in podcasting. I was interested in doing videos. I still am. I still enjoy it. I like creating content. And there were things that held me back. You know, you, you started yours in, and you didn't know how to, you know, do sound and all the things that honestly stops so many people from doing the work that they really want to do because they feel like they have to have the nicest microphone, the best video camera, all the things. When really, if you just started and just got up your first episode, like MVP, minimum viable product, it would change the whole game. And I think it's such, it's so, it's so great that you said that because I do think that I wasn't doing it because of the tech and guess who did all the tech when we started the show? My partner. And, and so I didn't have to do it, which is why it happened. And then, you know, as I kind of started recognizing, I recognized that it probably wasn't what he wanted to be doing anymore. So I took over the editing and then I took over some of the other stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, changing places that changing hosting services and figuring all that stuff out. And I was like, and you know what, Jackie, guess what? It's not that hard. It's actually not that hard. It's like, it's like we said, if you lay brick by brick, all of a sudden you're building a house, but I definitely want to point out that are so important. Number one is always look at the critic. Like you said, like some people that are telling you it can't be done are not doing it. They're just, they're not doing it. So they're, and what they're actually doing is the web around them that they have weaved with the words and their belief system. Like it can't be done they are very deep in that web and now they are weaving it to you. So I always say, look at the critic. 
would you, because there's, there's different kinds of critics, right? Like if there's a critic who's giving me criticism, constructive, constructive criticism, like, hey, that's a good idea, but we can pivot like this. Okay. I will, you know, observe that point of view versus why would you do that? You're crazy. That's not possible. That's not constructive. That's, you know, destructive. I don't know if that's a word, but it just came out. You know, that's just like, that breaks people down. And if someone's breaking you down, understand how their own thought process, their own life, their own energy, their own life, they have broken down. They've, they've broken it down. So I love that. That was so, so, so very true and so very powerful. And look at you with your uh, making the list of top 20 podcasts and getting over a thousand downloads. I mean, it's just so remarkable what you've created with the show. Thank you. Thank you. And that's just proof that if you create for no reason, like I was just, you know, starting in a bathroom for no reason, like just wanting to help someone because I was going through it. Right. And that's, that's really what the power of creating for no reason really is. And I love the name. So thank you for that. So Kate, where can we find you on social media besides the show notes, but in case they want to hear it, where can we find you on social media? Social media. I spend most time on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Just, you can find me at Kate Volman. And um, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. I think all of us are pretty easy to find these days. <laughs> hide from the internet. The internet is the greatest tool. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Thank you, Kate, so much for doing this with me. Oh, thank you so much, Jackie. It was so much fun. You're awesome. And I'm so grateful that we are friends.